Welcome to today's podcast, Casting Down Idols. This is the podcast where we talk about addictions and recovery from a biblical point of view. I'm your host, Pastor Mike Dixon, and I'm addressing the problem of addictions from my own personal experience, but most importantly, from a biblical perspective. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, gambling, or overeating, or whatever struggle you may be facing, I want you to know there's hope for change. It's my prayer that through this podcast, you'll pick up some tools and encouragement that will enable you to live addiction-free. I've been clean and sober now for 31 years, and you can too. Whatever it is that binds you doesn't have to bind you any longer. So let's learn, grow, let's encourage one another on this road called recovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast, Casting Down Idols. This is episode number two. I hope you've had a blessed week, and I thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this word today. I want to ask you to do something for me at the end of this episode. If uh, this has blessed you in some way, I want to ask you to please leave a five-star review on iTunes for us and maybe a positive review, and that'll just help us, enable us to reach more people. I believe there's so many hurting people around us in the world that need a message of hope, and I believe God offers that hope. I shared with you last time in the very first episode of how God delivered me, how God has set me free, and now walking with the Lord for over 30 years years. I've been clean now for 31 years, sober and drug free. I used to be a drug addict, but not anymore. I used to be an alcoholic, but not anymore. The Holy Spirit of God has delivered me and healed me. Now, I can say that with all the confidence in the world because I know my heart. I'm not tempted to go back and to use. I'm not tempted to go and get me a bottle of whiskey and sit down and just have a three or four day drunk. Those days are behind me and I give all the praise to the Lord. Now, in today's episode, I want to share a little bit of my story with you. This is not an easy thing for me to do, and yet I know that every single one of us has a story. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's delivered you too. The sin may be different by name, but still sin is sin. And the greatest miracle that God can ever perform is to save a lost sinner that deserves hell, and yet God forgives him, redeems him, justifies him, and sets him free. And so I know that what God has done for me, God can do for you. About seven or eight years ago, as I was pastoring a little church in Kinston, North Carolina, the Holy Spirit began to lead me to prepare a series of sermons relating to what it means to be really saved. In fact, the title of the message was The Real Deal. And it dealt with genuine salvation. Every one of these sermons in this series dealt with a certain aspect of salvation. For example, conviction, confession, conversion, commitment, and so forth. But I remember many an afternoon sitting in my office at the church and studying the scripture and just praying over the messages in brokenness. The Holy Spirit began to just pull out of me deep down within my heart so much hurt and so much pain that had been there for so long. As God began to lead me to share bits and pieces of my testimony in this series of messages that I preached, I don't think there was one single Sunday that went by in this series that someone, at least one person, didn't come up to me at the close of that message and share with me how they too had dealt with the same thing and how they too had kept it secret for so long and had never told anyone. It had been many years in my life, even walking with the Lord, some things I'd never shared with anyone that the Holy Spirit began to lead me to share in those sermons. 
And so I hope and pray that maybe part of my story will resonate with you today. And more importantly, I pray that a God would be honored and that the message of the gospel will be clear to you, that you'll understand that God wants to deliver you as well. James chapter 5 verse 16 has taken on new meaning for me since I have shared that message and since then many times uh, shared my story. But in James chapter 5 verse 16 it says this, Confess your trespasses or your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I have found through my own experience and through my own life and sharing my testimony that there is great healing in sharing what has happened to you, even your failures, even the things that you're ashamed of, even the, the things that have hurt you like nothing else has ever hurt you, to talk about those things in the context of God's gospel and to bring him honor and to bring him glory. There's healing. There's power in confession. I have found out that God is big enough not just to use my life now as a Christian and even as a pastor for his glory, but God is also big enough to take my past and to transform even my failures and my sin into tools that I can use to reach others and that he can be honored and glorified. This sermon series led to the publishing of my book in 2015. The book is entitled Casting Down Idols Through the Power of the Gospel. It's available on Amazon.com as well as other online bookstores. But in this book, I tell my story in the context of the power of the gospel to set the addict free. And so even though my story relates to substance abuse issues, drug addiction, alcoholism, I believe the principles of God's word that set me free from substance abuse are the same principles that can set you free from whatever it is that binds you and holds you captive. I believe the Lord wants us to live addiction free. We talked about last time in the first episode how addiction is really idolatry. You're worshiping a false god. Psalm 16 verse 4 says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. I'm so thankful today that I no longer worship at the altar of a false God. I'm so thankful today that Christ came after me and he convicted me and he drew me to salvation. I'm so thankful that I know the one who does bring salvation and freedom and true and lasting life. You know, the world's view of addiction says that there's no cure for drug addiction, alcoholism, other forms of addiction. Many times the world calls these things disease. We're approaching the problem of addiction from a spiritual point of view. And according to the Bible, you don't have to stay addicted. In fact, Jesus promises us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old has passed away. In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 23 through 25, it tells us to put away the things of the old person, the person I used to be, and to put on the new man who I am now in Jesus Christ. Our Lord himself said in John chapter 8 verse 32 that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. In Romans 12, verse 2, it doesn't tell me to stay the way I am. No, that verse in Romans 12, 2 tells me not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament concerning overcoming addiction is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. I want to share this passage of hope with you before I get into my story. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And so Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, goes through that long list of habitual lifestyle sins. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to the church at Corinth. In the very next verse, he says, and such were some of you. That's past tense. And so the people at Corinth, some of them used to be fornicators. Some of them used to be idolaters. Some of them used to be adulterers. Some of them used to be thieves and drunkards. And again, that word drunkard, there's a picture of all substance abuse disorders. And so he's saying some of you used to be alcoholics. Some of you used to be drug addicts. But here's the good news because he goes on. He says in verse 11, and such were some of you. That's past tense. And he goes on. He says, but you were washed, but you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Paul makes it clear under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You used to be those things, but you're not anymore. Now, Hebrews 13 verse 8 tells me Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, the day, and forevermore. And so years ago, way back in Paul's day at the church at Corinth, if God was able to deliver the people at Corinth from drug addiction and alcoholism and all these sexual sins and all these lifestyle habitual patterns of living, God was able to deliver them. God is still able to deliver you. And so I say it again, I used to be an alcoholic, but not anymore. I used to be a drug addict, but not anymore. I used to live with pain so deep down within me. I mean, haunted by the sins of my past, but not anymore. I thank God for the work that he started in me at 27 years old over 30 years ago. And I'm thankful today he's still working on me. But you see, there was a time in my life where I believed that joy and life and happiness could be found in a bottle. There was a time in my life I looked to drugs to find the answer that I sought after, to quench the thirst down deep within, to satisfy the hunger, the longing that I had. I just wanted a way of escape. I, I wanted numbness. In my life, there was so much pain and hurt down deep in my heart. I was just looking for a way out, just looking for a, an escape, if nothing but just for a few hours. You know, I thank God that the Lord blessed me uh, with a mother and a father who loved me, a family who cared for me. Uh, my dad was a hardworking man. He was a business owner. He was a great provider for our family. And that just reminds me that addiction can strike any household. It's not just those uh, who are down and out. It's not just those uh, who are on the low end of the economic scale. It's not just those who aren't doing well in life. But addiction can hit any family, any bracket as far as society is concerned. It's no respecter of persons. I remember growing up as a boy, I used to long for my father's attention. He was so busy at work providing for our family, uh, which is a good thing. But uh, in my heart as a little boy, I wanted my dad's uh, attention. I wanted my dad's affection. I wanted my dad's approval. And so my heart longed for that. I remember as a little boy, even in elementary school, I, I suffered from a terrible speech impairment. In fact, I had to go to speech therapy to help me overcome this impairment. You know, isn't it something that God would choose a little boy who could barely talk? I mean, I had such a such a difficult time talking. My own grandmother couldn't even understand what I was saying most of the time. It's amazing how God would choose someone like that and say, I'm going to call you to preach. I'm going to call you to stand in the pulpit and to be my mouthpiece, a, a little fellow who could barely speak himself. And yet God chose me. 
But my speech impairment complicated things because I always felt like I didn't quite fit in. I always felt like, you know, I was never good enough. I always felt like something missing in my life. What's wrong with me? And into my life, the enemy sent someone who I believe the enemy wanted to destroy me. You know, those whom God calls, the enemy wants to do everything he can to prevent that person from stepping in to that calling. And I believe early on in my life, as the enemy sent uh, someone into my life who uh, molested me, who abused me over a period of years when I was very young. And at the time, I didn't understand what was going on. And I just felt like, well, this is just life. And uh, even during these years of uh, being abused, I had a guilt that I experienced. And I never told anyone what was going on. You know, I always shoved the pain down deep inside. And even though I knew what was happening to me was not right, there was a part of me who uh, accepted what was happening in a way that at least someone was uh, paying attention to me. At least someone wanted to spend time with me. And let me just pause right here because there could be somebody listening to this episode today. and Maybe in your life right now, somebody's hurting you. Maybe somebody's doing something uh, to you that you know is not right. Let me encourage you. Tell someone. Reach out to someone. I didn't realize the pain uh, that this was inflicting upon me as a child uh, growing up and how it would affect my life for many, many years to come. Uh, the hurt and the pain and the anger that began to well up in my heart, even as a young man, even as a teenager. Uh, it led to a big part of my rebellion. My father attempted to deal with me the best way that he could and to get me back in line. In fact, there was a time in my life I thought I hated my father. I just wanted everybody to get off my case. I, I was in trouble with the police. I was in trouble at school. I was in trouble at home. There was so much pain in my heart. At a point in my life, at about 15 years old, I didn't care if I lived or died. And I don't take the topic of suicide lightly. I've learned that you never know what somebody else is thinking about, what somebody else is going through. And maybe today, maybe you're in that hopeless situation. Maybe you've been thinking, you know what, I'd be better off dead. Let me encourage you today. Problems come, but problems go. Whatever you're going through right now, this is going to change. It's not always going to be the way that it is right now. You're not always going to face the struggles that you're facing right now. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I'll say that again. I want you to hear it. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Don't listen to the enemy because he's the one behind the idea of death. You need to listen to God. He's a God of life and he's got a plan for your life. I'm thankful that God was patient with me. You see, I knew as young as 13 years old that God had called me to preach, but I didn't want to surrender. I didn't want to come God's way. So I ran, or at least I tried to run. And I found that running from God is running towards a dead-end road of destruction. I remember one Friday night at a friend's house at the age of 15, taking 15 10 milligram Valium and drinking one beer. And the next thing I remember, I was waking up about 26, 30 hours later to my parents who were threatening to send me away to reform school. I later discovered that my so-called friends had loaded me in the trunk of a car the night before and dumped me in the front yard of my parents' home. My heart was crying out for someone to help me, someone who really would care about me, somebody who would see worth in me. My teenage years were full of trouble. By the age of 17, I was selling drugs at school. My lunch most days was an eight-pack of beer. I had already acquired 15 traffic violations, had lost my license, I had been arrested, been in jail, and was sinking into a life of crime, and you know what? I didn't care. 
I began sneaking out of our house after everyone had gone to bed. I'd climb out my window and my buddy would steal his daddy's car and come pick me up and we would stay out all night partying until early in the morning before the sun would come up and I'd crawl back into my bedroom before my parents woke up. At increasing odds with my dad at the age of 18, I married a girl who was 15 years old. Her daddy had to sign for her to get married because that's too young to marry in the state of North Carolina without a parent's signature. I saw this as a way out of my parents' home. And so we got married and we moved into her dad's house. I was still on drugs, drinking, running from God. That marriage ended three years later. That was the lowest point in my life where I found myself doing things that I swore I'd never do. The devil will take you further than you want to go, and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. I began to use needles to inject drugs into my bloodstream just to dull the pain. It didn't matter if it was cocaine or heroin or whatever I could get my hands on. If I thought it would bring me a way of escape, at least to dull the pain that I was going through deep in my heart that had been there for so long and just take me out of reality for a brief time, I would do it. I'm thankful that God had other plans for my life. At the age of 24 years old, I married my wife, Melissa. We've been married now for almost 35 years. But three years into our marriage, we were headed for divorce. But God intervened. My wife and I both surrendered to Christ's calling on our lives together at a midweek prayer service. And we got on our knees at that altar and the whole church just gathered around us. I was 27 years old. I'll never forget it as we knelt there and my body was just trembling and my heart was just felt like it was going to explode from my chest and those hot scorching tears were running down my face as we knelt and we humbly in brokenness, my wife Melissa and I at that altar with the whole church around us and they were reaching out hands, just covering us in prayer. We would later find out that that church had been praying for us for a long time. For many months, they'd been lifting us up that the Holy Spirit would get us and that God would draw us to him. And there I was in brokenness. Friends, I didn't have anything to offer. I had lost everything. I was about to lose my, my wife. I was about to, to suffer yet a second divorce in my life at 27 years old. And as I knelt there, I remember the feelings of, of how God was just weeding out of me. All this hurt and all this pain just came bubbling up and overflowing and the tears fell and the cries out to God. I remember crying out to God with my voice at that altar that night. Dear Jesus, save me. I have nothing left. I've made a mess of my life. I'm headed for an early grave. God, if you can do anything with what's left, here I am. I surrender. And I remember getting up off of my knees off of that altar, and I just felt like such a weight had been lifted. I felt like such a burden had been taken away. I'm telling you, I'm not saying it was easy. I had to take one day at a time. I had to take one step at a time in my recovery. But let me tell you something. I received a power I didn't have before. That moment in time when I knelt and cried out to God and asked God to save me and asked God to help me, I received a power at that point in my life that I could not find anywhere else. In all my times of trying to recover and to break free from the addictions, it failed every single time until that one night at that altar. I'm telling you, something happened at that point, and I know what happened. Christ saved me. The Holy Spirit of God came to indwell me, and now I have the power of God in me to walk in holiness. God can do that for you. 
From that point on, it was one day at a time. I just trusted the Lord one day at a time. Lord, I want to be clean today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I want to be clean today. I, I want to be sober today. I want to be your man today. Lord God, use me today. And so I took one day, day at a time. I got plugged into a Bible-believing church immediately. My wife and I began to serve in the church. We began to volunteer. We began to be in worship several times a week. We surrounded ourselves with what I believe is the best support group you could ever have, and that's a local body of believers called the church. Get involved in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not perfect. We're all on the road to recovery somehow and in some form and fashion. And we're to encourage one another and help one another. For me and my recovery, friends, it took me about a year. It took me about 12 months, just one day at a time. But as I walked further and further down that road of recovery, it seemed like the, the chains would just continue to fall off and the temptation began to decrease. And even though I know today I could go back, I could go back to a life of drugs and alcohol, but I don't want to. You see, when the Lord delivered me, he brought me down that road of recovery. And I believe the same can be true for you. If you'll take one day at a time, put your faith in God, allow God to change you and transform you. I believe there'll be a point on that road of recovery where you'll understand I'm not the man I used to be. I'm not an addict anymore. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I'm not the person I used to be. I don't struggle like I used to struggle. Yes, I've been set free. The power of the gospel is the power to save you. The power of the gospel is the power to give you a brand new life, a brand new beginning, a brand new, a brand new you. Wouldn't you like that today? You can have that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's going to be a walk of faith that you're going to have to begin. Even right now, as you make that decision, you're going to have to be committed. You're going to take one day at a time, but you're going to trust God in it. And I will guarantee you, he'll bring you to that place in time in your recovery where you understand you know what? I'm not bound like I used to be bound. You know, I don't know. Maybe right now you'd like to bow your head. I'd just like to pray with you right now at the end of this episode today. If you just bow your head where you can, if you can, if, you, if you're driving down the road, you can't, you don't have to close your eyes. But if this is your desire from your heart right now, if you'll cry out to God just like I did, it doesn't have to be an audible cry. The Lord sees the heart. He hears the, the silent prayer, and he knows exactly where you're at right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray for those who are listening to this podcast. I want to thank you and praise you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for saving me. Lord, not only have you saved my soul, but Lord, you saved my life. I know today that beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'd be dead a long time ago if it had not been for you rescuing me at that midweek prayer service over 30 years ago. So I give you praise for that. I thank you, Lord, for bringing me down the road of recovery until you brought me to that place where I can say I've recovered past tense. I know and I believe with all my heart you're able to do that. For every single person listening to this podcast today, Lord, you've not changed. And so right now, I know you see our hearts, Lord, you hear our prayers, those silent prayers as well as those audible prayers. And Lord, I believe right now as we cry out to Jesus to save us, to rescue us, to deliver us, that Lord, you're willing to answer that prayer. In fact, you want to answer that prayer. That's your pleasure. But Lord, you also call us to be committed, to be determined to be dedicated to this process whereby you're making us more like you. So, Lord, I pray you'd pull out of us all the junk, all the sin, all the pain. Lord, I pray you'd pull out of us all our habitual sinful ways of living and even thinking. Save us, deliver us. Help us, Lord God, to find that place of healing in you. 
And I give you thanks and I give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. The power of the gospel is a soul-saving, life-changing, eternally transforming power. And that power is available to you right now. God's gift can bring you peace and healing. He can lift the burden. There's victorious power available to you through Jesus Christ, the one who died for us, the one who rose again, and the one who's coming back for his church. It's my sincere prayer that as you proceed through these episodes, that you'll have a responsive heart towards God as he speaks. He wants to work in your life. He wants to bless you. I hope and I pray that you let God do all that God wants to do in your life. There could be somebody listening to this podcast today, and you've got a family member that's struggling under addiction, and you say, I sure would like to know what I can do for my loved one, for my spouse, or for my brother, sister, for my son, for my daughter, for my grandchild. The greatest thing you can do is pray. The greatest thing you can do is lift them up to God and just ask God to do what only God can do, that he'll break through their heart and help them to understand that they've got to get to a place of surrender where they begin to trust God and to put their faith in him to deliver them. And don't give up. Don't give up. God is able to do impossible things. God is able to do far above and beyond anything you and I can do or any person can do. So you lift up your loved one to the Lord. You hang on to hope and faith that God's going to rescue them. I can't tell you how many countless nights my dear mother spent on her knees praying for me, not knowing where I was or if I was safe, if I was laying in a ditch somewhere, unconscious, or what was going on. But time after time after time, my dear mama would lay me at the feet of the cross. I believe it's through the prayers of my sweet mama that God answered those prayers and God delivered me and brought me to salvation. There's no doubt in my heart whatsoever today I would not be alive today. I would have been dead a long time ago if it had not been for God rescuing me at 27 years old. I've got a lot of old drug buddies, guys I used to party with, women I used to run with, and, and doing drugs and alcohol, and one party scene to another party scene that are no longer here today. They overdosed on drugs a long time ago. Some of them died from uh, from the AIDS virus, from dirty needles, but they're gone. Only by God's grace, only by God's grace, I don't deserve it, didn't earn it, only by God's grace I'm here today. And so God's placed a burden on my heart to minister to those that are struggling where I once was. That's the whole goal. That's the whole aim. That's the whole mindset behind this podcast. And so help me reach out to others. One way you can do that is leave me a good review on iTunes and uh, maybe a five-star rating would be helpful as well. And that will just kind of bump us up a little bit more so more people can hear, more people will be exposed to the truth. Next week, episode three, we're going to begin to look at resources available to us according to God in the Bible, resources that God's promised. And you know, God's not a man that he should lie. He's going to be faithful to every single promise. And so join me next week in episode three. We've already laid the groundwork in these first two episodes. Now we're going to build on that foundation we've already laid. We're going to look to God and we're going to receive God's truth, the promises of God that you can carry to the bank and you can trust God every single word. And so when he says he's already given us all things we need for life and godliness, you can count on that. And so when we pick up in episode three, that's what we're going to be talking about. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. I hope you have a blessed week this week. Go out and make a difference in somebody's life and let God use you and lift one another up. Encourage one another as we continue on this road called recovery.